0: And let's continue our study on the book of James as we look at James 2, 14 through 26. That should be in the back of your bulletin as well as on the screen. Hear these words from the scripture. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the, as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. The word of the Lord. Well, I knew that I would be famished helping uh, to lead worship and then coming into preaching, so I brought myself a snack. No, I'm not a teacher. This is not an apple at the teacher's desk. No, this is a fruit. And it's a wonderful, wonderful fruit. In fact, I'm going to take a bite of it and cause an instant Pavlovian reaction. (laughs) Now I actually have to chew it throughout the entire congregation. No, this is an apple. And you've eaten an apple and you know a lot of what goes along with eating an apple, the juiciness of it, the tastiness of it. But you also know a lot about the tree that bore this apple, right? You see, we know where this apple came from. It came from an apple tree, right? Because an apple tree bears apples. It actually can't help it. It must bring forth apples because it is an apple tree. The fruit, if you will, shows the root. It shows where it came from. And so the question that James is addressing here in this message is what is the fruit of a Christian? As an apple tree bears apples, what sort of fruit does a Christian bear? And the answer is quite simply this, that real faith always manifests itself in active, practical, Christian love in relationships. That as Christians, if you are indeed a follower of Christ, there is a fruit that will be born in your life that you cannot help, that it's active, practical, Christian love in relationships. So we're going to unpack that statement. We're going to look at two different points. Number one, that faith without fruit is not real faith at all. You can't have real faith without having real fruit. Number two, we're going to look at examples of people in the Bible whose faith had fruit, showing them to be faithful. But before we do that, we're going to look at Paul and James. Because as we look at this passage, and we look at the Apostle Paul and his writings in the New Testament, there can seem to be a seeming contradiction between the two. That one is talking about faith and works, and another is talking about faith. Are they talking about the same thing? But once again, the point of this sermon is very simple, that real faith always manifests itself in active, practical, Christian love in relationships. Well, let's look at Paul and James. The reason I say there's a seeming contradiction is because of uh, these two verses. We see in verse 24, James says, you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. But Paul in Romans 3.28 says, for we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Seems to be that they're speaking at cross purposes. No, they're not. I want to talk about text and context. Whenever you're reading the text, you have to understand the context in which the text is being read. For instance, if I had my family and we were Uh, we are coming to church today, we all came together, and I asked the question, is everyone in the car? I would not be speaking about everyone in terms of the world, would I? I'd be speaking of just my family, because there's a context to my text. In the same way, what is the context that Paul is speaking to in terms of his audience, and James is speaking to in terms of his audience? See, Paul, when he says, for we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law, is talking about how a man is accepted or woman is accepted before God. He is attempting to establish the universal need of the gospel, how man is accepted before God. But James is writing in the context of dealing with hypocrisy in the church. Total different focus of the message. You see, there are some people who claim to believe, but their lives do not bear out what they are claiming with their lips. So two different contexts, two different messages. And thus they're using words differently. Paul uses the term works of the law. He's speaking about the law of God. He's speaking about the Ten Commandments, what we are supposed to do in terms of the religious rules that God has laid down. And he's saying we can't be saved on the basis of following God's law because no one does it all. But when James uses the term works, and notice he doesn't use the term works of the law, he uses just the term works, he's talking about the actions that flow out of faith. Paul is not addressing the fact that actions or work will naturally flow out of faith. He's focusing on justification. There are other sections where Paul does express the fact that good works will follow faith. If you want to look at those, for instance, look at Romans chapter 3, 7, and 8. But James is not talking about faith. He's talking about dead faith. James is not asking the question, can faith save you? He's asking, can claimed faith, apart from the evidence of holiness, save you? James is clearly concerned in this passage not about real faith that is unaccompanied by works. James doesn't think that exists, and by the way, it doesn't. James is concerned about dead faith masquerading as real faith, which is not accompanied by works. Notice verses 17 and verse 26. Verse 17, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And verse 26, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So they're speaking to different audiences using words differently. One other thing I want to touch on, and then we move into the rest of the sermon. I want to talk about the fact that they both talk about Abraham. Paul quotes Genesis 15:6, and Abraham believed God. And God reckoned it to him as righteousness. Remember that God came to Abraham and told him that out of him was going to come one who was going to bless the nations and and his descendants would be as many as the sand on the shore. And Abraham believed God's plan for him and it was credited to him as righteousness. Indeed, James, in verse 23 of this passage, uses the same verse. But in verse 21, James also said, Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? He's referring to Genesis 22, eight chapters later, after God had given the promise, where Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, where where Abraham was called to go offer his son Isaac up in Genesis 22. Now, James knows his Bible. He knows that 22 comes after 15. So why does he say this? Because what he's saying is that the story of Isaac demonstrates the trueness of the faith that Abraham had expressed so many years before and had already been reckoned righteousness, righteous according to. James is saying Abraham was already saved. His actions with Isaac merely show the reality of Abraham's salvation, not the cause of it. So the conclusion is they are not contradicting each other. The message is the same, that salvation is by God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. See, what I don't want you to take away from the book of James is this, that my standing with God is based on my good works. All I have to do is just do more, keep doing more, and I'll be fine with God. No, rather, works are the fruit of a person. Good works are the fruit of a person who's already been saved, not the root. So how are we saved? Not by our good works, but rather by the works of Jesus Christ. As Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by Christ's grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Remember, my friends, that Christianity is good news, not good advice. Right? We all know what good advice is. Someone tells you, here's something you have to do, and if you do it, something good will result. But good news is quite different. Good news is telling you about something that's already happened, that's already occurred, that has brought good results. We believe in Christianity, in good news, not simply in following good advice. So what are you relying on to be right with God? Christianity is not about turning over a new leaf because it won't work. You can never build your stairway of good works to heaven. Rather, Christianity is about transformation. It's about believing in Jesus Christ, in trusting and hoping in what he's done. And once we are transformed in our hearts, that will affect the rest of our life. This brings me to my second point that faith without fruit is not real faith. James says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? In other words, someone that comes along that says, I have faith, but you see no practical love coming from this person's life. James asks the question, can that faith save him? And he brings up this situation in verse 15. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, In other words, this is a fellow Christian in the church and they're in difficult times. They're poorly clothed. In other words, it's cold outside and they don't have enough clothing to take care of themselves. They're lacking in daily food, meaning they're not eating. They don't have enough nutrition. If someone says, oh, sorry, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? In other words, if we simply give lip service to that person, be warm, be well fed, but not lift a finger to help them. What James is saying is that the message of Christ, the grace of Christ has not penetrated the heart of this person. For God has clearly spoken how we are to live and love one another, right? The greatest commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And we think of this passage that was earlier uh, read, that whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters, you did it for me. James rightly says, what good is that? In other words, there's no good that has occurred. The faith that they claim to have has not moved them to love. See, love ultimately is a diagnostic of our hearts. We look at the fruit of our heart to see what the root of our heart is. Is there a love that is emanating from our hearts to people around us? It's a good sign that there is faith in our hearts. So also faith, verse 17, by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. In other words, faith that does not translate itself into life is not faith at all. James goes on to talk about the fact that someone may have knowledge but not practical love. Verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works in other words he's saying someone's come up to him and said I have faith James I really do I really do believe James I believe the truth I believe the claims I believe Christ is Lord and James in response is saying in effect show me don't tell me verse 19 you believe that God is one you do well Even the demons believe in shudder. In other words, this person has right beliefs about God. He's quoting the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This person has a right understanding of theology about Jesus Christ. But to them, it's a cold intellectual exercise. There's not faith flowing through their heart. James says, even the demons believe and they shudder. In other words, even the demons intellectually believe and assent to these truths about God, but that doesn't make them believers. See, there's a difference between assenting to these truths and embracing these truths. We do ultimately what we believe. We act on what we believe. Demons don't. Jesus said that our actions are a reflection of our hearts. See, you can know and believe some important and true things about God and the Bible and salvation and still not be a Christian. So, James is not saying we need to add works to our faith if we want to get saved. He's saying that true faith is the engine of life, and life reflects whether or not we really have true faith in our choices, in our priorities, in our actions, in our relationships, especially our relationships in the Christian community, will show whether or not we really do have true faith. You can believe right things about God and still be an unbeliever because saving faith involves more than just correct notions about God. To sum up, words and thoughts that don't manifest in love are not proofs that one is a follower of Christ. I don't know if you've ever been to uh, one of these locations. The main one is in London, but Madame Tussauds. I think there's one in, uh, there's one in Washington, D.C. There's one out in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, it's a wax museum, a uh, very, very famous wax museum. And you can go there and you can see lifelike figures of uh, former President Trump, of Beyonce, Kim Kardashian, uh, I think I'm there as well, somewhere tucked in the corner, maybe in the base, uh, basement. Uh, if you have ever seen a wax figure before up close, you, you can see how lifelike they really are. In fact, some people can mistake a wax figure for a real person from just a few feet away. Now, it's amazing what it takes to put together one of these things. It takes about 800 hours of molding, measuring, painting, and sculpting to make one figure. This is all done by over 20 highly skilled artists. They, during the sitting, they do a sitting with the person if they're alive, and they'll take over 250 measurements of this person, including their exact hair, eye, and skin color. And then they sculpt this figure into clay. And then they cast this figure in wax. It takes about 170 hours. Then they will put in each individual strand of hair. There are about a hundred thousand of them, by the way. It takes six weeks to complete, and then there are these ten layers of paint that they do over to make sure that it looks exactly right and lifelike. It usually costs about one hundred fifty to three hundred thousand dollars to create one of these people. And while it's amazing when you look at them, it's obvious after a little while. You see they don't move they don't talk they don't speak because they're fake they're not real they're simply representations of the real thing see that's what James is saying it doesn't matter how much you dress it up on the outside that a faith that doesn't move the heart to love to care To respond is not faith at all, no matter how much money you spend on it, no matter how much intellectual knowledge one has. It's only saving faith that transforms us, that energizes us, that compels us to love others. So do you have a heart of love? You may know all the right answers. You may be able to speak Christianese. And know all the clever phrases and the words. You may have a good intellectual understanding of the theology of Christianity. But do you have a heart of love? The Bible tells us not to doubt our salvation, but to examine it. How do I deal with people around me who are hurting, struggling? Do I simply give them lip service Or do I see them? Because the fruit of faith is love. Commit yourself to Christ. Choose to follow him. Fall on your knees before him and acknowledge that you are a sinner in need of grace. And what you will experience is a transformation from the inside out. Not a changing of behavior from the outside in because real faith always manifests itself in active, practical, Christian love in relationships. This brings me to my final point, some examples of faith that had fruit. Verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. God had told Abraham that I will make you a great nation and you will have as many descendants as the stars in the sky. And then seven chapters later, he says to take the only heir that you have at the time, Isaac, and go and sacrifice him. Abraham trusted God. He took his only son and he led him to the place of sacrifice and raised the knife to kill him. Believing that God was going to raise Abraham from the, uh, Isaac from the dead. So what happened that caused him and allowed him to do this? His faith acted. It flowed out of him. And his actions vindicated his faith. His actions showed who he was. Just like the apple fruit shows what kind of tree it is. You see that a person is justified by the works and not by faith alone. All he's saying is what emanates from you shows what's inside of you. He moves on to Rahab. And the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. Talk about someone who's the polar opposite, if you will, in the Bible. This was a Gentile woman, a prostitute. And yet, when the spies of Israel came to Jericho, she knew that God alerted her that these were spies from the Most High and that she was supposed to shelter them. She believed the spies and she did so and she risked her life. Rahab acted because faith acts on what it believes. Her faith was the root. Her actions were the fruit. And the result is she was saved. So what is James's point as I summarize this? Saving faith is always accompanied by a life that acts in accordance with saving faith. Our life must show that we mean what we say when we say we believe. Do you love and live the word of God? Do you act in light of the fear of God? Does your mercy to others reflect the grace of God to you? Do your relationships reflect the love of God to you? Does your life reflect the desires of God? James says, Christian, Your life must show that you mean what you say when you say you believe. So do your actions line up with your faith? To be sure, we are all hypocrites in some form or another. Not all apples on an apple tree are edible, but it's clear that it's an apple tree. In the same way, if we are followers in Christ, it will be clear in our lives by the fruit that we bear that we are believers in Jesus Christ. Fix the root and you will get the fruit. Do not leave from this place, I pray, without having committed your life to Jesus Christ. God, have my heart. Do it. Do with it what you will. And you will be amazed with how God works in your life to affect the lives of people around you. Do your business with God now so that your actions line up with your heart. For real faith always manifests itself in active, practical, Christian love in relationships. Let's pray. God, is, um, you have made it so that our lives follow our hearts, that our actions follow our faith. God, we pray that our actions would reveal uh, to the world that we love you, that you are the Lord, that you are the one that rescued and saved us. You are the one that brought love into our cold, dead hearts. God, we pray that we would be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to our families, to our friends, to this community around us. And uh, God, we pray that, our, uh, that the fruit would reveal the root uh, of our lives. Lord, help us not to uh, leave here without having settled in our hearts who is Lord and given our lives to you. We pray all of these things in Christ's name. Amen.